Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Join one of the Adelaide 36ers' favourite sons as we deep dive into everything past and present about one of the most storied franchises in the NBL. It's Sixers Fix, your Adelaide 36ers podcast. Hello and welcome to our very special pre-Christmas edition of Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis, our second show now of this summer of build-up towards the 2021 NBL season, which is now, as of as of this week, got another bit of interesting news, which we'll talk about with the NBL Cup to be played for, which will become part of the NBL season itself, which it's, it's a whole new thing. I can't wait to get my co-host's thoughts on that, so... We had a very, very entertaining and, and well-received first episode back. Looking forward to this one. We'll have a very special guest, the head coach himself, Connor Henry, of the Adelaide 36ers. So you're tuning in to the official podcast of the Adelaide 36ers. I'm Chris Pike, your co-host, but I have no doubt the man that you've all tuned in to listen to, the legend himself, and I'll keep saying it because it continues to be true, the only man involved in all four NBL championships that the Sixers have won, Scott Ninnis. How do I find you for another week? Uh, excellent. Thank you, Chris. It's uh, normally 35 degrees every day this time of the year in Adelaide, <laughs> mm. but uh, a nice balmy 21 degrees here. Uh, I think Christmas Day is looking like 27 degrees. So nice. yeah. I'll, ta- I'll take it, mate. It's, uh, it's, it's, we've had some beautiful days. Uh, in fact, as a bit of a note, on Saturday just gone, I took the entire 36ers team on a wine tour to the Barossa Valley. So mm. uh, that was a lot of fun and... Uh, it was good to see the camaraderie amongst the group and, and obviously have a chance to let their hair down a little bit after several months of uh, fairly intense trading, that's for sure. Absolutely. Who enjoyed it the most? Which, which of the players really, really embraced it? Oh, look, I think there's, you know, you've got such a diverse, you know, range of ages, I suppose. I yep. mean, from, from Josh Giddy at 18 through to... Dan Dillon in his 30s. Uh, I guess the older guys probably a, bit, a little bit more appreciative of wine. Although uh, you know guys like uh, like Josh Giddy and, and and Alex Majonra uh, do do like their wine. So I think mm-hmm. they all did. It was a pretty special day. I took them to some pretty incredible places and uh, they had a lot of fun. What about our guest this week, Connor Henry? Did he come along too? Oh no, coaches were banned, mate. It oh, was, uh, wow, it was, okay. it was pu- purely well, banned's probably a little bit of an extreme <laughs> word, but uh, no, they were. Uh, it, it was strictly just just the players. A couple of a couple of their girlfriends came as once, and uh, it, it was really interesting. You know, we've had uh, you know Brett Murray and myself have had a lot to do with the players. Uh, we had the the second holiday camp uh, last week. Uh, we, we've done a lot of school clinics with them, but it, it was good to see it in a, see them in a different environment and and. Certainly, I was really impressed with how you know how close they all are, and uh, you know getting to know some of them a little bit better. Uh, just being able to have a conversation outside of basketball it was uh, yeah, it was fantastic. It was a really enjoyable day. That's good to hear. And we spoke about last week about the challenges you've had running a wine tour business in the year that we've had in 2020. Um, are things starting to look a, look a little bit more up? Are you starting to be able to get out on a, on a few more tours now? I was, mate, I was back. I was, uh, you know, going great guns. The week before uh, the last lockdown we had, I, d- I, d- I did five days straight and 
the day of the lockdown was meant to be day one of another five straight. Mm. Uh, it'd be fair to say that lockdown absolutely killed me, yeah. even though it was yeah. even though it was only three days. I, I've had cancellations for the rest of the year. Oh, wow. um, I've had cancellations in, into February and March next year. So I think people have just seen one how quickly it can turn, and, and people are scared of getting stuck and yeah. uh, or, or having to quarantine at their own cost when they get home. I was meant to do a tour. I was meant to be in the Barossa again today with a couple. Uh, uh, who were from Sydney and end up not being mm. able to get here. So yeah. uh, it, it's an ongoing issue. I, I think it's probably going to be a while before I, I get back to any sort of sense of normality. But uh, yeah. I, I guess the upside of that um, has been that, you know, we've been out of spend, do a lot more, uh, you know, clinics and camps with, with not just the 36ers, but uh, Basketball South Australia as well. So uh, it, it's filled a very, uh, a very nice gap in, in this point in time, that's for mm. sure. Yeah, fantastic. Um, now, as I mentioned, this is our second show back heading towards the season that's now less than a month away from getting underway for the 36ers. Um, I had a lot of good feedback. It seemed to get a pretty good response our first show back. We obviously spoke with Josh Giddy, and everyone was pretty excited to, to hear from him and to hear how impressive he was as, a, as an 18-year-old. What sort of feedback did you get from our, our first show? Oh, excellent! Yeah, I think it. Uh, I think everyone's been impressed with with Josh. Uh, certainly from a Barca point of view, but you know the interview with him was great. He's a he's a very level headed kid. You, you know, the, I I don't think all the all the talk and all the you know potential NBA future and all that sort of thing has gone to his head at all. Mm. I think he knows knows where he wants to be, but uh, you know he's got a very good head on his shoulders and. Um, uh, really looking forward, as I said last week, to seeing him uh, get out there and and see what he can do on a daily basis. Now, we also put out a call to some local Adelaide or South Australian businesses to see if anyone was was interested in partnering up with us here at Sixers Fix 2, and we, we got a positive response from that. We probably won't announce that just yet this week, just until... The, the deals are signed, sealed and delivered, Scott, but the, the response has been encouraging and, and we've still got plenty of opportunities for other businesses to come on board as well. So that's a good sign that potentially we're, we're doing something right too. Yeah, very exciting. I, I just need to get off my backside and get a wine sponsor. So I've got uh, <laughs> got something to sip on while we're while we're having these chats. But uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's exciting and uh, um, yeah, looking forward to be able to you know, make some of those announcements uh, very shortly. Absolutely. We'll, we'll be doing that in our first show back after Christmas for sure, leading into a couple of pre-season games for the 36ers, which we'll, we'll touch on shortly. Now, before we dive deeper into this week's show, as I mentioned from the top, we'll be speaking to Connor Henry, the head coach of the, the 36ers. Um, we caught up with him at the end of last season, not long after his appointment, and had a great chat with him about how he was feeling about coming to Adelaide. Um, what are you now looking forward to talking to him about this week now that the season's getting getting close? Well, I think it's, uh, he's probably as excited as the players and the fact that there's uh, there's a date, um, you know, in, in place and, uh, you know, we you know, they've got something to really tangibly work towards. You know, I'd be interested to see what he's, you know, what his thoughts are on some of the players, um, mm. you know, potential starting fires if he's if he's been able to work that out or not. So, yeah, just uh, just where, the, where they're at now and uh, what they're able to, uh, you know, where they're looking forward to being uh, in the future. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. So that's still to come here on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis for this week. Now, we'll have plenty more to talk about as well. We've got a couple of pre-season games that aren't far away to talk about. And as I said, on top of the first five rounds of the NBL season being announced, now we'll have we'll have a hub that's now set up, will be set up in February 
in Melbourne where all the, all the nine teams will be playing. I think that's 36 games in that time span. They'll be playing for an NBL Cup, but the games will count towards the season as well. So it's a fascinating new, new development, which I'll get your thoughts about shortly, Scott. And also, I wanted to take a look at some of the other NBL teams and how they're looking for the upcoming season as well after we, we had a deep look at the 36ers. But before we get into all of that, obviously we're in Adelaide, basketball show so let's touch on the Adelaide Lightning as well now your wife Rebecca works closely with Basketball South Australia and the Lightning so she had a close involvement so I'm sure you were able to check out some of the games and through the work I was doing for the WNBL I covered the season which has now just concluded with the Southside Flyers winning the championship up and down season for Adelaide obviously once they had to go into that lockdown for nine days they never quite built the momentum after that but they come away with the MVP of the league Steph Talbot what did you make of the season in the WNBL for the Lightning? Oh, look, I think the Lightning, you know, having to go into that quarantine really, mm. you know, just, uh, you know, just seemed, once again, I, I, I don't want to be, I'd hate to be the one making all these decisions on, from the health point of view, but that, that really, yeah. obviously really hurt the Lightning and uh, uh, I don't think they ever really were able to recover from it. I think there's some great signs there. Obviously, Talbot, you know, winning MVP and you know, defensive player of the year is is fantastic. You know, that's yeah. a credible accolade. And and you know, I think there's some really good signs for them to build on going forward from here. So uh, look, I think they can hold their head up high. You know, it was always going to be tough to to see someone else winning the championship, uh, and that sort of went the way that everyone uh, you know <laughs> thought it would. Yeah, and yeah, uh, it did. Yeah. but. Yeah, look, I think, you know, everyone involved in the WNBL should be applauded. Uh, you, know, you know, the Queensland government making that work and, you know, for a long, long time, they, they probably looked like there wasn't going to be a season. Uh, you know, to go in that, that hub in Queensland and, you know, play across the three uh, three venues, I think it was, was, uh, yeah, it was a testament that everyone was involved and uh, hopefully only bigger and better things for the Lightning going forward. Yeah, I agree. A very young Lightning team, so I think there's plenty for Chris Lucas to work on Moving forward, I think overall, what the WNBL as a league was able to do up in North Queensland was a was a great result. To to have the clear clear air where um, they didn't have to compete with the NBL, I think ended up working in their favour, and sure. I think it ended up being a being a pretty good product on TV. So I certainly enjoyed being involved, and I think they they made the best out of a, a pretty tough situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no no question about that. And uh, as I said, everyone everyone involved uh, should get a nice little pat on the back for uh, making mm. that work. Now, let's talk about the NBL, what they've announced this week with the NBL Cup. Obviously, the season itself will start January 10, and the first game for the 36ers is is six days later against the Sydney Kings at, at home. But um, once February rolls around, we're going to be going into a hub in Melbourne where, well, there'll be 39 games played in the first 37 days in those first five weeks. And then all of a sudden, we'll be heading into a into a hub from February 20, where there'll be 36 games played. And as part of the season itself, but you're also playing for the NBL Cup with $300,000 up for grabs, which I think is split between the top three or four place getters during that tournament, which in itself is part of the season proper. It seems a bit strange. I think it'll take us all a little bit of time to get our heads around it. What was your reaction when you, when you heard that news? 
Mate, I can't wrap my head around it, but then <laughs> no. uh, after the year that we've had, mate, nothing should come as a surprise. So mm. uh, I guess they, they're, they're trying to look at doing something a little bit creative and, and, you know, new things are not necessarily bad things. Uh, but, yeah, my first reaction was <laughs> I, I, I can't quite uh, quite wrap my head around it. But then again, like I said, mate, nothing nothing will surprise me from this day forward, I don't think, after the year we've had. And uh, mm. um, I, I guess, uh, you know, the, the, the main thing is we just hope that, uh, you know, obviously what we've seen in Sydney in the last few days, yeah. uh, we just hope that nothing else goes pear-shaped and... Uh, you know, affects or has any impact on the uh, the, the NBL season because it's uh, as we've seen here in Adelaide, things can change very, very quickly, and and it's not going to take much for you know them to have to make changes again. Mm-hmm. So I just hope that we uh, you know can sort of get on top of everything and and look forward to a, a great NBL season, even if it uh, is some strange and different things that we haven't mm-hmm. seen before. But uh, look, bring it on, I say, and um, less you know, I guess just looking at our thirty sixes here you know six of the first eight games at home take take care of business at home and and they can go into that hub in melbourne feeling pretty good about themselves and and hopefully uh you know nicely set up you know for the rest of the season yeah absolutely now just a bit more about the nbl cup like as i said it starts february 20 every team while in the melbourne hub will play each other so there'll be 36 games in total and whoever finishes on top of the ladder just in those 36 games will receive 100 will receive $150,000. So if you're a club like Adelaide, that is worth fighting for, isn't it? That's pretty attractive. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I think as as a player, you know, you're trying to win every game you play anyway. Mm. So I don't, I don't know that the players are gonna, there's gonna be any added incentive to them because, as I said, you're out there trying to win every game as it is. But yeah, certainly for uh, you know any club, uh, that that's a nice, nice little sweetener to come out at the end of it. And uh, you know, hopefully, uh, the 36ers can be the one that do it. Well, why not? Somebody has to. Yeah. Um, now, either side of it, so. Like you said, there's those. They've got six. The thirty six is six. Six home games, two away games in those first five rounds, and then when the hub finishes, I assume they're going to be playing the rest of the home and away games as well. I mean, it's just a it's a bizarre setup, isn't it? That the fact that all of that will end up combining to be one regular season. But like you said, after what we've been through this year, nothing nothing is really surprising. Absolutely, these these are weird and wonderful times, and if that's uh... And that's what they uh, decide, and that's what's going to get it done. Will will so be it? And uh, I mean, it's the same for everybody. N- not necessarily if you're uh, except the two Melbourne Mel- team. Except if you're yeah. a Melbourne-based team, you sleep in your mm-hmm. own bed every night, which is yeah. is obviously uh, you know they get a reasonably uh, reasonably good home court advantage mm-hmm. from that aspect. But it is what it is. You know, once again, I mean, they they've got the facilities to to be able to do it, and. Uh, I think, you know, I've already seen some people jumping up and down and, and you know, throwing out the whole bias thing again. It is yeah. it it is what it is, mate. Like, it's, it's uh, you know, Melbourne's got great facilities. You know, if you're good enough, you're going to be able to go in there and have success. If you're not, you, you won't. So whether you're a home team or a away team or whatever, uh, you know, th- those excuses to me, you know, wear a little bit thin after a while. Wh- whether they happen to have some basis effect in them, the fact of the matter is, we know what's happening. We know we're going into that hub. Just get your business done. No, I think it's a good point. You, you, you can jump up and down and complain if you want to, or you can focus on just getting on with the business and dealing with it. Wherever the hub was, it was always going to be an advantage for somebody. We saw we saw in the WNBL season, I, I'm not sure the Townsville Fire would have been as good as they were if they were playing in Melbourne. I think that playing at home actually 
help them get to a grand final. So if you if we if the NBA do the same thing, I mean imagine the advantage for the Cairns Taipans if they're playing playing up at home. So I mean if you bring it to Perth, if you bring it to Adelaide, it's a big advantage for anybody. I think like you said, the facilities are in Melbourne the best in the in the country. So I think it it makes sense. So it is what it is. So let's just move on and and, and try to win. I mean there's money money up for grabs on top of the points towards the NBL season. So try to make the most of it and, and come away with it with, with as much as you can. So the 36ers will finalise preparations as well. A couple of pre-season games in Cairns, January 7 and January 9. That's a nice preparation. That's going to be a good Taipans team with with Machado and Cam Oliver back back there. So I think that's a nice warm-up for the, for the Kings then to start the season a week later. Oh, absolutely. I think just an opportunity to play against anyone else. They've just been beating up, up each other for the last three mm. months, apart from a couple of... Uh you know, a couple of games against an understrength Brisbane team. So just the opportunity to, to, to play another NBL side, whoever, regardless of who it is, is uh, is is fantastic. Once again, it's it's obviously not a normal pre-season. Um, well, we'd be well into the season by now, and, yeah. and you normally would have played, you know, probably six or seven pre-season games leading into that. So I yeah. think uh, it, it's great to get a hit out and... Uh, um, whether it's Cairns or, or whoever it is, I, I know the boys will be licking their lips to, to get an opportunity of uh, you know playing against someone other than mm. each other. Absolutely. Already those games, those pre-season games that we had at home, that's already more than a month ago when we played those games against against Brisbane. So it feels like a long time ago already. So still two more weeks now before these games against Cairns. So I'm sure they'll be excited to play games by, by then. Now, we had a really in-depth look at the 36ers roster Last week, I wanted to get your quick thoughts on how the rest of the teams are shaping up as well on this week's show, Scott. Let's start with the Brisbane Bullets. Watching their preseason games on the weekend against the Phoenix, it's an inc- they've got an unbelievable Adelaide connection to their to the team. They've got Nathan Sobey, Jace Kadee, Matt Hodgson, Anthony Drimmick, and now Harry Froling. That was their starting five on the weekend, and all former Adelaide 36ers players. Pretty incredible, and and really those five are going to be pretty much the key to their success and and then we'll see what they get from their imports Orlando Johnson and, and Vic Law who really we we don't know too much about no you're right I, I think uh, it is funny seeing you know so many guys who play for the 36ers running mm. around with another side I think you, you know without any you know casting any aspersions if they're relying on those five guys I, I don't see them as a as a playoff team, you know, what will no, come I, down I to... I think they need at least one of their imports to be a superstar similar to Patterson. They do. Okay. Yeah, a, a, yeah, absolutely. And, and look, you probably say that about a lot of teams as well. Yeah. So I think it'll come down to the, the quality of their import. Um, you, you know, the, the, they've got a great coach in Andre Lamanis and uh, I think, uh, you know, he, he runs a fantastic program and, and has had, uh, you know, great success over, over the ditch with the New Zealand Breakers and... Uh, uh, yeah, so you know they'll be coached well, but yeah, it's really going to come down. You know, losing Lamar Patterson obviously is super talent. Uh, mm. They're really going to need to get those imports right to uh, to be a contender. I think. I, th- I think so too. Um, the Cairns Taipans they were they were the fa- fairy tale story of last season under Mike Kelly, and they've been able to come back with a very similar group. They they always had to lose one import if you were going to lose one of the three. As good as DJ Newell was as the Defensive Player of the Year last season. I think he's the one you probably do have to sacrifice to bring back Scott Machado and Cam Oliver. And and really, it's a it's pretty much the same group outside of that. They bring in a next star player, Mojave King, who's pretty. He's obviously an ex, an exciting talent. 
they, they get Jordan Nartai over from the New Zealand Breakers. So I guess they'd be hoping those two combined can probably help to cover the loss of Newbill. Outside of that, it's the same group that took them to to within one game of a grand final last season. Uh, firstly, you know, getting Machado and Cam Oliver back is is huge. I mean, it, yeah. it's great, obviously great for the Cairns Taipans. It's it's a great thing for the league as well. You, you know, you don't want to see, you know, the, the small teams like Cairns just be a breeding ground for other big teams to just sweep in and pinch their players, mm. which has happened in the past. Yep. I do think that the DJ Newball, I think that is huge shoes to fill. I, I, I love him as a player. He's, yeah. He was... You know, he, he was, you know, the other guys probably got more of the accolades, but I, I just think he's, I think he'll be really, really, well, I think it'd be impossible to replace, and I'm sure. not sure that they got enough depth in their uh, in their Australian talent to, to cover for that, and I no. I think as it stands at the moment, I, I don't have them as a playoff team, um, but once again, when you've when you got a couple of super talents and some great role players, that's, uh, that can take you a long way. No, you make a great point. A big part of their success was their three imports last season. I don't think we can hide behind that. So to lose one of them and to for him to be the best defender in the league, I think it... And, and let's not forget, he was a fantastic scorer too. It wasn't like he was just a just a defender. He made some incredibly big shots last season for the Taipans. So no, I think you make, make a lot of great points there. The Hawks, it's still strange to not be able to call them the Illawarra Hawks. Obviously, the league put a bit of an ultimatum on their head to get a certain amount of members by a certain cutoff date and... They didn't get that, so they weren't able to regain their Illawarra name, which is a, I guess it's a story for another, another day and another another platform. But anytime you get Brian Gorge into coaching a team, naturally you're going to be competitive. From what we've seen so far, their next star, Justinian Jessup, looks like he's a hell of a talent. He's going to be putting up some huge numbers this season. Their other two imports, Tyler Harvey and Justin Simon. I've seen them play play three preseason games now. Um, and mixed results from those two. Deng Adele got injured in Perth, but he'll be handy. They've got Deng Deng on board. Cameron Bairstow, if if he's anywhere close to, to full health, he'll be healthy. It's a very young team when you take out Conrad and Blanchfield and Boone and Anderson from last season. And Sunday Deck was important as well. I think the best they can hope for is for Gorgian to have them being competitive. I probably think playoffs is a, is a stretch for them. Oh, and certainly when you when you look at the roster, obviously once again the imports will be a be a key to this team, mm. I think. Uh, but they have the recruit of the year. They have Brian Gorgian. Absolutely. And, you know he uh, he knows. You know he he runs an incredible program uh, and, and has done for so many years. Uh, you know he'll have them fit. He'll have them playing defense and he will have them ready to go. So uh, I, I certainly uh, would be very loath to rule out any. Any Brian Gorgian coach team, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, look, I, I would say when you just look at it on paper, uh, they have lost a huge amount of experience, and, it, and it's going to be tough to see them uh, uh, challenging for the playoffs. But once again, it's uh, you know Brian uh, brings out the best in his players, and anything's possible. Absolutely. Now you know him as well as anyone. We've spoken about it a lot on this show. Just how much you learnt from your time with him at the South Dragons as well. So you know firsthand just what he can do. Melbourne United, have a have a look at these signings. Scotty Hobson, who there were times last year where I think we all thought he was the best player in the league when he was at the Breakers. Jock Landale, he he is going to be with, in the NBA, you would think. You know, it's just a matter of time. And Jack White, who is an incredibly young, ta- incredible young talent too. And they've re- retained Golding, McCarran, Barlow, Luala Chul, who shows some good signs. Shea Ely, 
probably the team to beat on paper. Oh, I think clearly the team to beat on paper. It's uh, you know, like you said, they're fantastic ends. Uh, you know, you know, great veteran players who who know how to win. I, I, you know, once again, and as we talked about as well, they're going to get all those extra. Well, they're going to be at home during that hub yeah. as well. So yeah. it's, but as we know, it's um, it's not one on uh, paper, but uh, clearly they're uh, you know they're the favourites uh, going into this season. New Zealand Breakers, fascinating one. I think on paper their roster looks tremendous. They add in Lamar Patterson, they bring Ty Webster back back home, and they've retained Abercrombie, Corey Webster, Delaney, Weeks, Rob Lowe. On paper it looks it looks like a good team, but the fact is they're away from home now. They're going to be away from home for the whole season. They're already in Melbourne now, so they're not going to be able to get back home to New Zealand, it doesn't look like, for the entire season. Um, as good as the team is, how how hard is that going to be to to juggle? Oh, that's yeah. You know, once again, it's 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 huge. I mean, we've never mm-hmm. seen anything like this, and yeah, you know, just the fact you you can spend an entire season mm-hmm. not, not at home. It's it's yeah. you know it's going to take a, a group with a huge amount of resilience and to be able to make that work. That once again, there is you know there is experience here. There's there's veteran talent, and there certainly is talent, but. Uh, Boy, it's 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 a huge huge ask, and uh, well, we could be talking six months. I mean, if we're talking about the season potentially not finishing until May, at least with the finals, they could be away from home for six months. Can't even wrap my head around it, mate. No. It's just uh, it's just not something that uh, you know. I guess you know, best case scenario for them is is you know things get back to normal when they they can get back home yeah. and, and finish yeah. off some part of the season, getting a few home games. But by by then, we, they're probably going to know whether they're in the playoff hunt yeah. or, or not by that stage anyway. But uh, I, I just I, I can't even fathom it, mate. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not impossible, but boy, oh boy, a lot's going to have to go right. And it's going to take a huge amount of resilience and, and, and great coaching to, mm. uh, to, get, to make that thing work, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah it sure will. Um, the Perth Wildcats, defending champions. And I think on paper you can say that they're clearly not as strong as they were last season because you take out Nick Kaye, Tariko White, Damian Martin and Miles Plumley, and they're replaced by Todd Blanchfield, John Mooney, Kevin White and Jared Bairstow. I think that's a significant downgrading talent. But they, they are the defending champions, they know how to win and they've still got Bryce Cotton. So I don't think you can, can count them out. I love how people write Perth off every year. It, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it just—I just find it hysterical. A lot, everything you just said then is is true. I, I thought you know picking up Kevin White was—I I thought was really strange. I understand mm. with Damian Martin going out, you need some someone in that position, but uh, that sort of surprised me. Yeah. Um, but they're going to make the playoffs because they always do. <laughs> until <laughs> yeah. until a year until a year comes where they don't make the playoffs. Was it thirty-four years in a row yep. now? They're, they're yeah, going to be they're going to be in the playoffs, and and you know they've got something up their sleeve. You know they'll they'll you know something will happen, and Nick Kay will turn around and come back, or so yeah. something will happen. They'll they'll mm-hmm. be okay. I'd I'd never worry about the Wildcats because they are uh, as sure as the sun comes up in the morning. <laughs> the 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 Wildcats are in the playoff and challenging for a championship. Yeah, I think you're right. Until we ever see them miss the playoffs, I think anytime you do predictions, you just have to put them. In your in your top four because they just don't know how to miss, and I mean I think that I think the roof would cave in at, at Perth Arena if they actually missed the finals one year. I, <laughs> I, I just don't know. I just don't know how how everyone in the city would handle it. Absolutely, but uh, no. Rest assured, Perth fans, uh, your Wildcats <laughs> will be there because they always are. Mm. 
Now, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Interesting, interesting off-season for them. I think Cam Glidden pretty much comes in to replace Ben Madgen, depending on how he performs and how much he improves on last season. Potentially an upgrade, but losing John Robeson is a, is a big loss. Um, and Ty Wesley is a huge loss as well. Um, a lot probably depends on their imports. Kiefer Sykes, we haven't seen yet. Yanni Wetzel played a couple of preseason games on the weekend. He had one terrific game where he looked pretty good on the Friday night, and then he, he had donuts on the Sunday um, against the Brisbane Bullets. Ruben Tarangi will be hoping for a, for an improved season. A lot of a lot of what they do will depend on Mitch Creek. If he can have an MVP-type season, then he probably makes them competitive, but I think finals is probably probably pushing it for them. Oh, absolutely. I, I do too. I mean, Mitch Creek's one of the stars of the competition, mm. and, and you, you know what you're going to get from him week in, week out. Incredible effort, uh, great leadership. Um, but you go through the other the list, you know, Adam Gibson's a, another year towards the end. Um, yeah. You know, Dane Pineau, you know, guys like Glidden and Tarangi, you know, have we seen their ceiling? Quite possibly. Oh, certainly with Tarangi and, and Glidden, you know, I think we we know what type of players they are now. Yeah. Cole, Cole Adnam's another one. You know, Dane Pineau's young and can still have room to improve, but, you know, it's probably going to be a bigger... You know, he'll have a... You know, he'll be recruited a lot more heavily after last yeah. year, and, and I think it's going to be hard for him to, to take a substantial step up from where he was. So, yeah, for me, it, it comes down that their imports are going to need to be really good for them to, uh, to be a contender. Yeah, I think so too. Now, last up, the Sydney Kings. Um... They're another team with a new coach, obviously. Will Weaver going over to the NBA to become an assistant coach at the Houston Rockets. So congratulations to him for that. But that that means that Adam Ford, his assistant, takes over. And some big losses. Andrew Bogut, Jay Sean Tate, Kevin Lish and Lucas Walker. A lot of experience there. Um, they bring in Dejan Vazilchevic. Um, I'll get, get my mouth <laughs> around that as we go along. And Jarrell Martin, Angus Glover, they got across from the Hawks, but... But really, they'll be relying on their core again of, of Ware, Newley, Cooks, Bruce, Moloch, and Kickett, and Lozada, who's back for a second season as a next star. Probably not quite as talented as last year, but maybe they, they had too much talent last year in some ways too, so I think they'll still be around the mark. I expect them to make the playoffs. I think just mm-hmm. Sean Tate, that, that is, that's a huge loss for them. Yep. Um, but you'd imagine Lazada's going to be, you know, got that year under his belt. He'll be a better player. Sean Bruce, Brad Newley, kick it. You've got, you got great veterans who, who know how to help their team win. You know, Casper Weir's a star. I, I, look, I, I certainly expect them to be in the playoffs. I, I don't necessarily see them as, a, as winning the championship. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. So based on that, right now you probably see the Kings, the Wildcats, and United as as the teams to lock in for the final. Sort of, uh, it's difficult. Obviously, we're still three or four weeks away from the season, but right now, um, hopefully, with the thirty sixes, maybe making up that fourth spot. Do you see those as the as the standouts? Oh, certainly. I think uh, United, Perth, and and, and Sydney uh, they're the big three. We talk, you know, we talk about them as the big three most years, and they yeah. and they probably are. I'd I'd love the, love to see the thirty sixes in there, and and once again the, the the start of the season is is set up for them. They've they've been at it for a long long time now. I know that they're just itching to get some games under their belt. I think with the sixes once again, as we talked about with a couple of the other teams. Uh, the imports will be a be a huge key uh, for for the thirty sixes this year. But uh, yeah, let's let's hope they can get in there and give it a real shake. Well, the man that hopes for that more than anybody probably is Connor Henry. So that's let's keep going here on sixes fixed with Scott Ninnis and 
and dig dig a bit deeper into how the Sixers' preparation for the season is going. And when we come back, we'll be speaking with the head coach. Looking forward to it. Okay, Scott, back here on Sixers Fix on on your show and on the official Adelaide 36ers podcast. And before Christmas, we thought no better man to speak to than the head coach himself, Connor Henry, to see how preparations are shaping up for the upcoming season. Connor, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Chris. Good to talk to you guys. Now, it feels like a very long time ago that we spoke to you not long after you were appointed as coach here on the show and you were still still back home. We still haven't got to have an NBL season start yet and we're probably seven months later, but we're only two weeks out now from some more preseason games, less than a month out from the season. You must be itching to get things underway. We are. Um, you know, we've been, we've been training for quite a while now and we had a goal to kind of aim for with the two Brisbane games and then ramping it down a little bit, giving them a rest, and then we've just been trying to progress forward. And, and now we've got another goal to go with uh, uh, the two preseason games mm. up in Cairns coming up, and then we have the 17th finally where yeah. we can get started. So, yeah, we're, we're excited and, um, and, and looking forward to it. It's been a long time coming, Cotter, obviously. Uh, obviously, you've had a chance to look at uh, the players over several months now. Uh, can you give us some insight into... You know, some of the standouts or surprises within the team in what you've seen so far? Well, I think overall, first, uh, I've just been impressed with uh, the work rate of the group since I got here. You know, we've had uh, we've had guys that just like to work. Uh, they like to come to the gym. Our training sessions have been good. We feel like we've got, you know, the the basics of the system in which they've grasped and are really churning it uh, at a real, I think at a high level. Um, and then, you know, individually there's been, there's been a bunch of guys. Um, first DJ is uh, uh, a guy that uh, I've been impressed with just because he rocks up every single day. He's got his routine in um, through his warm uh to how he approaches things on the court. And, um, He's been our leader, um, and it's been great to see, and it's been great for me. So really impressed with DJ. And then you just go down the line from um, the young guys that we've got, Mud um, and Harris and Marshall and Owen and all those guys that are competing for a developmental spot. Um, they've been putting the work in. And then the contracted players have been – um, what we feel were, were advertised and why we went after them, um, you know, in, in free agency. Isaac's been tracking, tracking good. Uh, he's, uh, we're trying to keep him as fresh as possible because he's such a key piece to us playing alongside DJ. Um, and that's why we went out and, and, and pursued him heavily in free agency. He's been good. Keanu, who had a rough start uh, in the two Brisbane games, Ever since then, um, he's finally settled in at a really solid physical and work work rate. He was a little bit banged up coming in, a little bit underdone, and now he's just been fantastic in the last, I want to say, five weeks. So 
um, our bigs are, are, are tracking well and, and, uh, we're excited about that because our system is, is really based on how we're going to play inside to out. Um, and then you look at, uh, you know, Mr. Giddy and, and Mr. Detch and, and, uh, and Mud and, uh, they're all just, they're working hard and getting better. Giddy is, um, as advertised. Um, he's big and strong and, and sees the floor and has a great feel for the game. And um, he gets everybody involved, and his offensive game, I think, really has improved. Um, there's, you know, there's kind of knock on him that he wasn't a great shooter. He's worked really hard on that. It's coming. Um, his release point, his balance is getting better and better. And he's really proven in practice to show us that he can get in deep and finish against big guys, physically take the contact and, and finish. Um, and then, and then Sunday, who was, um, you know, the number one target in free agency for me, um, has come in, um, and he does what he does. He, he gets into the ball constantly. He's a, he's a presence on the defensive end and his shooting has improved too. So, um, all in all, the group is, is really working hard, and, and we're pleased. Is it too early, Connor, to start talking? I know you'd, you'd have probably came in with an idea of who would start uh, going forward. Uh, that would be coming a little bit clearer, I'd, I'd imagine, even though you haven't seen the imports yet. You know, the great thing about that, Scott, is, is we have, with Giddy, um, he can play on the ball, off the ball. He can play one, two. He can slide into the three. We've even toyed with a little bit of, of he and, and Jack McVeigh at the small ball four. And mm-hmm. so that gives us a lot of uh, freedom when it comes to how we match up on a nightly basis on who we want to start and who would be coming off the bench. Um, so I, I like we have eight to nine guys probably in the rotation that we're comfortable with right now. Um, Who's going to start? You know, there's speculation. Oh, that, that you know, 36ers are going to bring a an import off the bench. Uh, I think we have the luxury of of playing many different ways every single night. So um, guys are going to play. They're going to start. They may come off the bench. But you and I know that uh, it, it's all about how we finish the game sure. um, with with how the game's tracking. So um, starters are. Start. We'll see about starters. I think we can guess who's going to start, and you're probably 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 pretty spot on. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, you did you spoke a little bit about Keanu being being banged up. Uh, any, any other injury? Any any other injury problems at the moment going forward? Or everyone's pretty good. Everybody's pretty good. Just like all the teams, you know, we get little niggles because um, over the course of the last two and a half months we like to play three times a week. So we like to scrimmage and and they want to play. And so Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays are usually our full hit outs. Tuesdays and Thursdays are are more skilled days. Um, A lot of walkthrough five on O teaching things like that. So um, we're managing the little niggles. Uh, We don't have any major concerns right now physically. um, And we're just trying to get everybody as physically ready for the 17th um, guys. When we go up to, you know, when we go up to cans, just like the Brisbane game, most guys will look to play 20 minutes. Um, we'll see how everybody goes and get a good long look at the young guys as well. So uh, 
Christmas, obviously, this week. The guys get a, get a few days off uh, at this stage. They do. So, so we uh, we we warmed up and we scrimmaged today. Um, kept it in the half court mostly. We didn't go up and down full court. Um, and then we'll do the same thing tomorrow. Um, and then they get the twenty second through the twenty seventh, and we'll uh, we'll get back together the morning of the twenty eighth. So the guys are. Um, I think, I think this is a normal time as we head into Christmas for most teams. Um, everybody's tracking well, but, um, we need a break, um, freshen up. Um, and we've got, uh, like I said, we've got most of our systems in at, for this early portion of the season. Um, they need a break, get off the legs. They've been smashing it for a long time in the weight room. Um, so it's time to rest and recover and, and enjoy their families. It's been such an amazing time and a time that none of us have experienced anything like it before, Connor. Um, because the training has been so long, and I mean, we're already five weeks ago that you did play those games against Brisbane and we're still more than two weeks away from you going up to up to Cairns for those next couple of games. Has, it all, has that all been a challenge to keep the guys motivated through this period? Or even for you as a coach, has it been tough to to find ways to keep things fresh and to keep things, to, to just try to mix things up a little bit? Yeah, that's that's been our biggest challenge. So we've been trying to go two weeks hard, give them three days off. Mm-hmm. Um, and we might do a, a team function in those three days um, on the last day of, of, of that hard training session. Uh, might go for a hike. We might go down to the beach and, and just you know, relax for a couple hours on the beach and do a little bit of stuff, stuff and, and enjoy ourselves. Uh, we've had a couple of team dinners. Um, and then we ramped it up these last three weeks. They went really hard in the weight room. Um, and they got through it. Um, some of the guys are, are, are a little fatigued from that. And, uh, but they've, they've really improved, I think, their stamina and their strength. Um, which was a huge part of the off-season uh, plan to to um, you know go out and get uh, Nick Richardson, our strength and conditioning coach, start to really make an improvement uh, within the club. So uh, one year on, two year on, three year on, um, however long it's going to take, we want we want our guys to to up the the strength and conditioning part of the program and, and really get. Uh, some strength on and, and, and fitness. So um, managing all of that has been a challenge uh, in COVID, um, but we think we've we think we've come pretty good up to this point. I got to just want to go back to the break over Christmas, uh, Connor. I, I'd imagine a lot of the guys aren't from Adelaide and are probably wanting to head home uh, for the break. Is that something you can allow them to do? I guess we've seen this last outbreak in Sydney. Uh, and we've seen how thick, how quickly things can change. Uh, are they going to be allowed to go home over that break? We're being really cautious. So unfortunately, Isaac cannot go home um, to to Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jack McVeigh had planned to go to Sig- Sydney, but he's actually going to go up to uh, I think the Northern Territories, and the family's going to get together up there. Um, nice. So those were the two. Those were the two guys, and of course. You know, Sunday and, and, and DJ and, and Kaz were all thinking about going west, but uh, we put the stop to that because um, you just don't, you just don't know how this thing is going to shake up. Yeah, 
yeah, it's just it's just not it's just not doable right now. Um, and you know, our guys are um, I think they're pretty understanding of this is not a typical year, and so whatever whatever sacrifices we have to make as a group um, to put us in the best position to start January seventeenth. That's what we're focused on. So everybody's going to be here. Um, we're going to um, get together, check in on everybody, and, and try to try to enjoy Christmas and the holidays as best we can. Yeah, you've With added the, uh, sorry, Scott, I was just going to say. So you've added Jamie Perlman to your coaching staff, working closely with him. He's somebody who I think for a long time has had probably the potential to step up to be a head coach in his own right. Sooner or later, um, what's he what's he bringing to the to the club at the moment? Well, Jamie's a head coach. Um, yeah. He's coached in Asia. Uh, he deserves to get an opportunity as a head coach um, in the NBL or uh, elsewhere for sure. Mm. He is, um, you know, my relationship with with Aaron Fern uh, and Jamie over the years has been a good one, and I knew Jamie was the right. Um, selection for me um, and he is um, he he gets it he keeps me organized we have a good uh, rapport and planning when it comes to um, not only our daily and weekly but our long-term goal and um, he's just been exceptional um, he comes from a defensive mindset like I do mm-hmm. um, early on in our coaching careers and so uh, we feel defensively that we're that we have this emphasis in our team already. Uh, we play with a uh, a pace, um, a physicality, uh, if you want to call it. Now on the defensive end, we've asked the guys to embrace uh, that part of it. Um, you know, we're not uh, we're not a team that switches much. Um, we try to be very good in our pick and roll coverages. There will be times when we when we switch, um, but often, you know, switching is a lot more difficult sometimes than than playing pick and roll straight up. And so, um, we uh, we feel good where we're at defensively. The guys uh, have met the challenge of playing hard on that end, um, and that's uh, you know I don't know if they've as a collective unit played that hard over the years um, uh, together in this system. So. We're pleased where we're at defensively. Now we gotta, we just gotta go out and play and, and see where we're at. And your thoughts on the uh, the, the hub that's been announced mm-hmm. uh, just recently, Connor, uh, going into Melbourne and playing those games and, and it being a little strange, I suppose, with the, with the, the layout of that system. Yeah, we uh, we talked about it today. Um, I think it's a great call by the league. Um, it's gonna it's gonna benefit the league after coming off of such a long layoff that um you know everybody's there the media coverage will be great um we'll get to to see high level games very quickly there'll be a lot of games played in one month's time um and i think you know with covid and and all the uncertainty uh all the teams have been put under um this this strain if you want to call it of 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 uncertainty and how we're going to react. And so we've been trying to prepare the guys to meet any challenge, whatever that challenge is, um, come together, uh, as a group, uh, I think our leadership group, um, with DJ 
Brendan and Dan um, have turned that over to the vets. Um, they've they've had a really good um, impression on the boys. Uh, they communicate. They talk. They're fighting uh, through the tough parts of practice. Um, and, um, you know, we're looking forward to the bubble. Um, and, uh, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how we track, uh, but I like where we're at. Just on that, uh, Connor, does that mean uh, we'll see a sole captain or, or co-captains as the club's had in the past, or is that too early for you to give us a little exclusive on that? You know, Scott, what we're doing right now is um, those three guys are our leadership group, which means that if uh, if we want to roll DJ out for the for the tip that night, he's the captain. If we want to do Brendan or Dylan, um, um, we'll have one of those guys. Um, there'll always be one of those guys, most likely on the floor, uh, to be able to address the officials. Um, and we just feel like for this first year with this group. Um, being a young group, uh, that I felt it was the best way to go. And, um, so far, um, like I said, they've, they've been great and our, our group's been coming together. Yeah. Well, I think it's, uh, thank you. Go ahead, Scott. No, you go, mate. Um, no, I was going to ask you, Connor, um, away from basketball, how have you been able to settle into Adelaide and have you been able to bring any of your family with you or has COVID meant they've had to stay back home? Well, I've settled in real good, um, you know, having the number of years in Perth and then Sydney. Um, I really like this country. I love this country. Um, I love the people. Um, I like everybody in this country is uh, outdoors, exercise, and sport is really important. Um, and then having a ton of fun with, with friends um, off the court has been really enjoyable. Um, I've had a couple of reds with Scott. Um, <laughs> hopefully that's gonna hopefully that's gonna continue. I know it will. Um, so um, yeah, I'm settled. Uh, living down near the beach. Um, my routine's great. Um, our office is at Titanium this year. Um, you know we have Titanium all to ourselves. So mm. we have the court um, where our strength and conditioning is at Sassy. Um, just a couple of minutes away, and um, it's been nice for the guys to have one one training venue, um, and um, so it's it's going really well. Um, no family has not come over um, just because of COVID. It's yeah. been too um, too unpredictable. Um, getting getting sign offs on on visas and then trying to get uh, family in is has been quite difficult. I'm hoping that it's going to continue to relax a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, because I'd like to get some of them over it as soon as possible. Well, uh, I think we can all understand how tough it is to be away from your family, especially this time of year. Do you have any idea what your Christmas is going going to look like? Yeah, I'm here. Um, like you know, we're keeping everybody home, uh, yeah. keeping everybody safe. Um, and and through the league, there are some restrictions where, um, like most people, but the league's done a good job of of you know giving all the teams direction on on not uh, not going to places where there's a large group. Um, if you are uh, in a smaller group, um, you know, keep it under two hours. Um, keep it with family. Don't take any risks. There's, there's just too much at stake right now. So yeah. um, I'll be here. Um, I'll go see Grant and, um, and his family for Christmas and then uh, catch up with Jamie and Tracy and, and check in on the boys. So 
Um, it'll be a good Christmas. Our lives in basketball always don't always go as planned during the holidays <laughs> in this crazy life that we that we lead, just because it's in season. But um, we're looking forward to it. And uh, Connor, there's uh, you know there's some cabernet uh, over at my place that's got your name on it, so uh, uh, we can uh, we can obviously fill a bit of a gap uh, in some of that time off uh, here as well. But I think everyone's excited that uh, you know there is a start date now. We we we've got a clearer picture of what it's looking forward looking looking like going forward, and uh, bring it on! Uh, everyone's very excited. Well, thanks, Scott. Yeah, we um, you know we're, we're we've been working hard and. Um, we showed a, a level of physicality and, and pace and, 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 and toughness versus Brisbane, even though Brisbane was undermanned. And I think, uh, I think, uh, the fans and, and the general public and even the, even other, other states when we rock in and play, I think they'll, I think they'll like and, and think that we're, you know, we're a tight group and we play hard and, and hopefully we'll get some positive res- results. I think we will. Just one last one from me. Um, We've got, obviously, Scott and Brett Ma back involved in the club as community coaches. You've obviously spent a lot of time with both of them over the last month or so as a result. Which one of them, of the two, is having a bigger impact right now? <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit of a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, you know, they, they do a great job with our camps. Um, and uh, the boys enjoy going to the camps and working with them and, um, it's been great for me to to get to know them a little bit more because just in passing, you know, I got to be introduced to both Scott and Brett um, in previous years. Never really knew them, um, and it's been it's been fun just to get to know them and see their constant banter amongst each other. Um, they both take the piss out of each other, and uh, which is great to see. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. You know, one thing that we try to do is, um, and we've and we've yet to be able to pull it off, is we wanted to um, bring up, bring everybody that's been involved with the club over the years back in some type of group setting. Um, everybody's welcome uh, within the club, um, but since COVID's hit, we haven't been able to have an event. Um, we were hoping to have a big barbecue and and Scott rock up with some red and um, and we all get to know each other. So that's still on the that's still on the table. We want to get that done. Um, but Scott and Brett have been uh, absolutely great for the club. Well, Scott took the whole playing group out on a wine tour on Saturday. I don't know if you are aware of that because you, you, weren't, you weren't invited. Well, I know I wasn't invi- invited. I knew I was. I knew that it was going to happen. Mm. Uh, I didn't know quite if we were going to talk about it today. But uh, <laughs> I, can, I can report the boys had a great time. Um, Scott, you did a fantastic job they were raving about it the next day and um they had a little bit of grape juice and and got to walk around and and i know you you set up a really good meal for them and they were they were very appreciative of it and i and i can uh, i can tell you they all behaved themselves they were they were a great example for the club but uh, no we did we had, we had a terrific day and it was uh Good to see him be able to relax away from the court for a day and uh now get back into the swing of things well, I appreciate it, man. It was, it was. They, they deserved it. They needed to do it, and it was a good, uh, good break from training. All right, Connor, uh, thank, thank you very, very much, Connor. Connor. Yeah, thanks, Connor. You've been generous with your time, and Merry Christmas. Hope you have a have a good break, and yeah, I'm sure we'll be in touch with you again in the new year here on Sixes Fix, and we'll we'll go on this ride of the NBL season together. 
let's do this whenever you guys want to. Appreciate it, and um, have a Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks, Connor. Thanks, Connor. Okay, back here on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis, and a lot of insight there provided from, from Connor Henry, the head coach. He's obviously now looking forward to starting his second stint as a head coach in the league, and I think we're all looking forward to seeing what he can get out of the out of the, the 36ers, Scott. Um, as we head into Christmas, what can the 36ers fans expect from their team this, this year from, from Adelaide? Do you see them as a genuine playoff playoff threat before we talk about a championship? Oh, look, we, we, we hope so. I think what they, they've got great size. Uh, I've seen firsthand, as I spoke about earlier, the camaraderie within the group. Uh, you, you know, we hope those imports come in and, and, and mesh with the rest of the team. And I think that'll be hugely important, as we've spoken about already. Um, the fans, what the fans will expect, they'll expect a championship. <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah. like all fans this time of the year, it's... Uh, it's 2002 was our last championship, mm-hmm. so it's been 18 years between drinks. Uh, no, no pressure for Connor Henry there, <laughs> but um, look, I, I think uh, you know, we, we want to make sure we see a competitive team that takes care of business at home, you know, get some of those early wins on the board and uh, can be right there to contend for a championship. Now, as we keep talking about, you're, you've been involved in all four of those championships that the, that the club has won previously. Now, if they were to win one this season, given you're back now officially involved in the club, as a community coach, I think it's your title. Does that mean you'll still be able to count yourself as being involved in in the title? <laughs> I'll claim it one way or another, mate. But <laughs> I uh, think you I, look, I guess even if they uh, let's hope that they do win a championship, I'll still be able to say that I'm the only person that's won four, been involved in four out of the five championships. Sure. So I'll still I'll still be up, uh, be able to cling onto that. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think it might be a little bit cheeky just uh, for someone who's running holiday camps and school clinics to claim it, but I'll, I'll well, give it a try, mate. you're also co-hosting the podcast. Yeah, I'll give it a try. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, as for our show here, Six is Fixed with Scott Ninnis, we've got plenty of things that we're looking forward to as we now get closer to the season. This is our last show before Christmas, so I hope everybody has a great Christmas, and I hope that releasing this show before Christmas is a nice little, little early Christmas present for all of our Adelaide, Adelaide fans. Now... We've got a lot of big things planned, and as, as we touched on from the start of the show, we've got some partners that we'll announce when we come back after Christmas, but some of the things that we look to unleash on, on our fans in the new year, we'll be, we'll be having a Player of the Week award, which we'll be giving, giving away each week with, with a prize pack that we hope to be able to give to one of our, our listeners. So each week after the 36ers play, we'll be an, announcing a Player of the Week, and We'll, we'll probably put it to a vote to our listeners, and and one of the one of our loyal fans will will get a prize, which is a, a nice way to reward people for for tuning in. So that's something I'm looking forward to. And and Scott, I'll be getting you to cast cast your votes after each each game as well, and we'll be telling that up to end up with a player of the year from the 36ers at the end of the season, and and hopefully have a major prize for one of our listeners too. So that's a nice way to to keep track of how the season's going, but also 
to keep our listeners involved too. Absolutely, yeah, no, bring it on. Uh, once again, I'm just so excited that there's actually a start date now that we can mm-hmm. work towards. You know, hopefully uh, no more of this COVID thing gets in the way, but who, who knows? But uh, yeah, there, there's it's it's just around the corner and I know everyone's uh, looking forward to it and uh, no one more than myself in particular. Absolutely. And of course, as we talked about last week, we'll be bringing... We'll bring you plenty of the current players, but also we'll be catching up with some former greats as well, like we, we did last year. So really looking forward to having a special guest each week on Sixers Fix. And also, we'll be having Connor Henry on every week during the season as well. We'll have a special a special partner on board to make that possible for us. So we've also already heard back positively from a local business that's keen to be involved in making sure that we hear from Connor Henry each week, which will be will be nice to, to get his thoughts here on the show every week about how things are going. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, that sort of insight is, is it's great. You know, like it's, it's just, uh, you know, we can sit back and speculate and comment on games, but, uh, you know, to have the inside word uh, on, on a regular basis is, uh, is, is a real coup, I think, and, uh, you know, looking forward to touching base with him uh, on a weekly basis. Absolutely. Now, if you haven't got all of your Christmas shopping done yet, you can jump jump out and get a membership for somebody close to you or for yourself. We've already got over 3,000 members this season for the 36ers, and as we talked about last year, it might be more important than ever to get a membership to guarantee yourself a place to sit this season because we still don't know, thanks to COVID, what what the the allowed attendance will be inside the entertainment centre. So get, get your membership if you can at the, at the 36ers website, but also... Plenty of great goodies there there at the shop. So if you need some merchandise, you can get some some last-minute Christmas shopping done there as well. But as we look to wrap up things now before Christmas, Scott, what does a Christmas look like in a COVID year for the, the Ninnis household? Well, I have the misfortune of uh, my birthday being on Christmas Day as well. So yeah, uh, I, I do. So, uh, look, it, it's, it's obviously, like most people, all about family. We're... We're with uh, Rebecca's parents this year, so um, uh, pretty cruisy day. Eat lots of good food, drink lots of good wine, um, and just uh, just be thankful that this year is coming to an end. I think it would be fair to say. So, uh, but no, really looking forward. To it. It's a, it's a very special day, and um, uh, looking forward to catching up with all our friends and family. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, what's it been like going through your life having your birthday on? on Christmas, has it meant that you've missed out on birthdays or if you, especially when you were younger, did you find a way to still be able to celebrate a birthday? Mate, it sucks. Let me, yeah, let me be bet. quite frank about it. Yeah. Look, to, look, to be honest with you, as a kid, there was such a big deal made of it so that I wouldn't feel like it was a, the worst day of the year to have a birthday <laughs> on. Yeah. Uh, and I always got two sets of presents and there was a very big deal made about the mm. fact that it was my birthday as well. My grandparents used to give me a half birthday as a kid on June twenty fifth. So, yeah, okay. and so they were, they, it was it was they made it feel quite special. All of that went out the window about forty years ago, mate. So now it's just uh, we have uh, we have Christmas lunch. The cake will come out. I'll have happy birthday sung to me, and then we're straight back into Christmas. And mm. uh, you know what? That that's okay as as you start to get a little bit older. You don't like yep, being reminded yep. about your about your how old you are. So uh, so uh, yeah, no, it's 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 all good. I, I get together with my closest mates 
on the 23rd of uh, December, we have a nice slap-up lunch uh, somewhere and um, tell a lot of stories and um, that that's sort of how I celebrate my birthday and have done for probably the last 15 years. So uh, it, it's all good, mate. Uh, yeah, it's all good. I noticed you had a dinner on the weekend too. Was it with, I think, Brett, I noticed Brett Maher in the photo, Paul Rees. Was it um, a couple of other former former teammates too? Yeah, Rupert Sapple organised, yep. um, just sent a message out to anyone that was involved in our 99 championship team. And um, yeah, Brett Maher, myself, Rupert Sapple, Paul Reese and Kevin Brooks all, mm. all got together and uh, told a few stories, had a nice dinner and uh, went down and uh, played eight ball against each other. And yeah, it was just like just like being on a court with the amount of crap that was being talked amongst <laughs> I could us. Have, I could imagine. It, it, it is. It's always special when you you have something that uh, binds you together, and and we probably don't do enough of it. And that was mentioned uh, uh, that we need to do it more regularly. But uh, yes, well, all our um, all our wives got together, and uh, it, it was great. It was, we we had a fantastic night, and uh, yeah, looking forward to doing it on a on a regular basis. No, good to hear. Okay, let's wrap things up here on this special Christmas episode of Sixers Fixed with Scott Ninnis. When we come back after Christmas, we'll, we won't be far away from those preseason games up in Cairns. And then the week after that, the season will be starting. So everything will be, will be getting going pretty quickly after, after Christmas. So let's wrap things up. It's been a pleasure to bring you these two episodes of Sixers Fixed before Christmas and as, as part of the Adelaide 36ers and being the club's official podcast. So I'm Chris Pike, and Merry Christmas to everybody, and Happy Birthday as well to you, Scott. And I'll let you, given it's your show, to sign off. Uh, and my sentiment is exactly, mate. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone that's listening. Uh, stay safe, uh, stay healthy, and uh, look forward to uh, chatting again soon. Merry Christmas! Oh, it's time for Christmas. Oh, it's time.
right to do Fighting for a cause